Nedarim Daf Lamed. The last thing we're discussing was a case where a person said, these plants are kadosh until they get cut. And Bar Pada said, they are kadosh until they, they get cut. Once they're cut, they, you, all you have to do is redeem them once and they're kadosh. And Ola said that once they're cut, they, they lost their kadosh and you don't even have to redeem them. No pedion is needed. And we asked the question according to Ola, we asked the question according to Bar Pada. And with that, we're starting Kaftet Amud Bet. Three lines from the bottom where it says Yativ in the middle of the line. And we're going to ask another question on Bar Peda. Again, Bar Peda held that if something is Kadosh until it gets cut, once it gets cut, you need to redeem it once and it's good to go. So Yativ, Rabbi Abin, Rabbi Itzhak, Rabbi Kamed, Rabbi Miyah. Rabbi Abin, Rabbi Itzhak, we're sitting in front of Rabbi Miyah. We come in a name, Rabbi Miyah. Rabbi Miyah was half asleep. So Rabbi Abin and Rabbi Itzhak were talking between them. According to Bar Peda, the Bar Peda de Amar Peda An Chosot Vekochot. Bar Peda held that until they get cut, every time you redeem them, they're still kadosh, and you have to redeem them again until they get cut. Tiv Shot the Ba'ir Bihoshaya. You could answer the from Bar Peda the question of Hoshaya had. Hanoten Shete Prutot Leisha. Present gives a woman two Prutot. Ve'Amar La Behad Kachil Yom, and he told her with one of them Bimit Kadoshim Yehi Another one he told her, after I divorce you, you should be Mekudash to me again. We can just call it a Kiddushin, even after divorce. Why? The same way, by the tree, after it gets cut, it still needs a Pidyon. Same thing over here, even though she's already divorced, there's still a Kiddusha that's still clinging on from those two, uh, that second Pruta, and she would need another divorce. Now, right, as they're talking, woke up and he told them, How you comparing the case of him redeeming something to someone else redeeming something? And that's not the case because Haki Amar Rabbi Yohanan explained the cases as follows. If the person was Magdish these trees, if he was the one who redeemed them, you're right. They become holy again, you have to redeem them again. However, if someone else came and redeemed those trees, they're not Kadosh anymore. Because the minute that they, someone else redeemed it, they left his, uh, they left his uh, possession and they went into someone else's possession. And even if technically he's connected afterward, it doesn't make a difference. But at the end of the day, when someone else redeemed it, they left uh, this person's possession. And therefore, his hekdesh, when he, again, he was magdish until he got cut, that second hekdesh cannot take into effect because he technically lost it. And therefore, it cannot be kadosh again because someone else now has possession of it officially. A woman, when uh, when she gets her get, it's like someone else redeemed her, meaning she is not connected to him anymore, period. And that second kiddushin that he gave her, it's as if you would do it by force. And you can't uh, marry a woman by force. So you could definitely say that the kiddushin didn't even start. And there's a fascinating explanation in the run over here that even though the woman agreed to the Kiddushin, it is still considered as if someone else redeemed her when she got a get, because all the Kiddushin did was foregoing her liberty, and therefore her husband comes and takes her. And he bec- it becomes sort of like the situation with the plants. Interesting uh, run over here. 
But at the end of the day, you're comparing apples and oranges. You can't compare the case of a woman to uh, the, the case of, uh, of of the fruits. And the fruits, if a person himself redeemed it, it goes back to being kadosh. If his friends did it, it's not kadosh anymore. So uh, the woman, it's as if her friends did it, because that get cuts her off completely. It's as if the friend uh, redeemed the, the fruits. And Itmar Nami was said also, When did we say that it becomes Kadosh again and again and again? That's if he himself redeemed it, so he's still clinging on to it. Someone else redeemed it, and they don't go back to being Kadosh. Next, Mishnah. If a person vows that he's not going to have any benefit from those who go out to sea, he's allowed to have benefit from those who stay online. Someone vows he's not going to have benefit from those who are on land. Asur He's also not allowed to have benefit from the sailors who go out to sea. Why? Those who go out to sea, the sailors, are also part of the people who are on land. The idea is we go by what he really means. And when he meant to say anyone on land, sailors also are considered people who are on land. The Meiri explains that when someone wants to vow on benefit from everyone, he just says from everyone on land, but he really means everyone, including the sailors who go out to sea. Now, when we mention people who go out to sea, we're not talking about people who go from Akko to Yafo, which is just a short uh, boat ride. Rather, we're talking about people who go out to sea for a long time. And the Gemara explains that last piece, Rav Papa, Rav Habered, Rav Ika, they had a machlokan on the last piece. Had Matnearesha one says that last piece is going on the first piece of the Mishnah, and and Matnearesha and one explains it's going on the second part of the Mishnah. Madem Matnearesha, one of them, Rav Papa, Rav Hau explains it's going on the first part. Matnearesha, he would explain it as follows: Anodermi or Dehayam Mutarab Yosveyabasha, a person who vows. From those who go out to sea is allowed to have benefit from those who, who are on land. And yet, what do we understand? Asur, but he's not allowed to have benefit from those who go out to sea. However, not like those who go who go from which is a short ride. He wasn't talking about those guys, the Bashan, you know, because those are considered on land, they're considered land people. Rather, his vow was from people who go out for a long time. And the Rav Papa of house said it was going on the second part. One of them said it. He would explain it as follows. A person who vows from those who are on land, he's also a sur from those who go out to sea. Not just those who go out from Akko to Yafo, he vowed against. Even if a uh, sailor goes out to sea for a long time, he's also talking about him. Why? Because at the end of the day, the sailor will end up on land, and that's why he's considered part of the land people. And that's why when Someone vows from land people, he means also those sailors. Next, Mishnah. Someone vows to not have any benefit from those who see the sun. He's not allowed to have any benefit from blind people also. Why? Because this person, what was his meaning? His meaning was, I don't want to have any benefit from whoever the sun sees them, not from who 
they see the sun. So it wasn't he was including the blind people in his vow. And the Gemara asks, "My Tama, what's the reason? Because he didn't say from those who see. Rather, he was saying from those who are seen by the sun. That's what he really meant. Okay, what are we excluding? Dagim ve'obarim. Dagim, fish or in the water. They don't see the sun. The sun doesn't see them. Ve'obarim. And fetuses that are in their mother's stomach. Uh, they don't see the sun. The sun doesn't see them. The vow doesn't go on them. Next Mishnah. Hanoder mishehorea rosh. If a person vows to not have benefit from anyone with dark head, meaning full of hair. Asur bekerhin. He's also not allowed to have any benefit from bald people. And the elderly who lost their hair or they have white hair, for example. Because what we understood is he meant anyone, uh, period. However, but he's allowed to have benefit from women and children. Because because the, the following people are called dark-headed, are just men who are older. So therefore, he's allowed to have benefit from women. He's allowed to have benefit from children. So right away the Gemara asks, what's the reason when he said uh, he meant old people and bold people also? Because he didn't say anything about hair. He just said dark-headed. So obviously he was talking about whoever is called dark-headed, which is all men, including bold people, including the elderly. Now, we learned that the Mishnah also says, He's allowed to benefit from women and children. Because the only people who are called dark-headed is just uh, men. It doesn't make a difference what age. And my Tama, what's the reason that dark-headed is only talking about men? Because anashim zimrimdim zimrimdim Because men sometimes walk with their hair covered, sometimes they walk with their hair uncovered. Aval anashim, but women, the olami it's always covered. And uktanim and little children, the olami it's always revealed. They don't walk with any head covering. Therefore, he wasn't talking about them. He was only talking about people dark-headedness, which is the nickname for men. It doesn't make a difference on age. Next, Mishnah. If a person vows from anyone born, mutar ben-oladim. He's allowed to have benefit from the children who are born after that vow. If a person vows from those who will be born, asuraf min-oladim. He's also a sort of benefit from those who are already born. However, Rabbi Meir matir af beilodim. Rabbi Meir allows a person who says from those who will be born, he allows him to have benefit from those who are already born. Hachamim say he's a sort to everyone because he really meant that he's not going to have any benefit from anyone who usually is born, which means those who are born, those who will be born, doesn't make a difference. And the Gemara starts by discussing Rabbi Meir. He said, if someone makes a vow from those who will be born, he is even mutar from those who are born already. And the Gemara says, now, Rabbi Meir, it sounds like that we don't even have to discuss those who will be born. Of course, they're mutar. The problem is, then who is he asur from? So, like, what's the point over here? So, the Gemara explains. The Mishnah is missing words, and this is the way to say it. If someone makes a vow from those who uh, who are already born, he is mutar to have benefit from those who will be born. If he vows from those that will be born, asur biludim. He is asur to have benefit even from those who were born or already alive. Rabbi Meir holds 
If someone vowed from those that will be born, he is mutar to have benefit from those who are already born. Because he holds, Because the same way when someone vows from those that are already alive, he is mutar from those that will be born, same thing the opposite way around. Because the word noladim is not a general thing for people who are born and will be born. It Noladim means people that will be born. And we're understanding that Noladim is only people that will be born, babies that will be born. So Amalir of Papale Abaye, Lemimrat sounds like the Noladim, Dimitia Ledan Mashmat sounds like Noladim means those that will be born. Elameata, the problem is Yaakov told Yosef, Shenebanecha Noladim Lecha Beeretz Mitzrayim, the two children that you have that were born to you in Eretz Mitzrayim, Hachinami Detia Ledanhu. It sounds like those were that were born. So you have the word noladim here, and it goes on the children that were born. Menashe Ephraim, that's it. So the Gemara says, wait a second, Ve'lamai di alidu mashma. You want to tell me that the word noladim means those that were born already? Elamehata dichtiv. You have a pasuk. This is talking about the mizbech Yarovam made, and then Isha Elohim came to him over there, and Rashi says it was Aido. And he gave him a warning that one day uh, that there's going to be a child born. There's going to be a child born David family. And he's going to kill all the Kohanim. And the problem is, you want to say that Yoshea was born? But Menashe, the grandfather of Yoshea, wasn't even alive yet. Meaning, this Nevoah happened 200 years before. So you see the word Nolad means something that will be born, not something, not someone that was already born. Rather, you have to say it could mean either way. something that Someone that was already born or someone that will be born. When it comes to Nidarim, you have to go what people say, what people mean. And when they say Noladim, they're talking about children that will be born in the future. Although in the Torah, it means things that were already born, meaning it could go either way. But when it comes to Nidarim vows, we go what people usually mean. Next, we learn the Mishnah Bahakamim Omrim, Lorit Kaven Ze Elami Mishidar Kolehi Valed. Hachamim hold that when a person vows from children that will be born, he's also vowing from people that are already alive. Why? Because when he said that word Noladim, he meant to say anyone who was usually born. So, Lapoke Amai, so then who is he not talking about? Lapoke Dagim Vahofot, we're coming to exclude fish and birds that are born through an egg. They're not born the regular, usual way humans and animals are born. So, fish and, and, and birds are not part of the vow, everything else is. And we'll start right here. Baruch Hashem Le'olam, Amen Ve'Amen.